Hello YouTube, welcome back to another story. Now before we get into this one, like I said in my last video, there is guest over in my house, so if you hear any background noise, don't mind it. Anyways, the story is called A Virus I Killed Everything. I was watching the news in my one bedroom flat, the same old stuff came on, the president doing shady stuff, stock markets, the whole nine yards. I was sitting on the couch when an emergency alert came on. A new virus killing crops and animals in the south of North America. The virus started from a new species of beetles feasting on plants. The plants die and the animals that eat these plants also die. That was two years ago from today. The world has gone into a panic. 90% of, 90 of Earth's beings have died. All animals, plants besides trees and humans. Before the pending doom, my grandfather had a fallout shelter with two years of food and water stocked up in it. When everything started dying off, I moved there. I have one of I have one can of beans left and half a bottle half a bottle of water. I have to go out into the world soon. I hope there are people near me. I haven't talked to anyone in a very long time. Today I went to my local gas station in Walmart. I luckily managed to snag one can of beans, which is a year outdated. I guess it'll do. I really need water. I can't go seven days without eating, but I can't live that long without water. I heard that the plants, I heard that the plant life in the oceans have died off too. So streams, lakes, and drinking those is basically a death wish. I'm going to a supermarket tomorrow. I'm on my way to the supermarket and all I see is death. There are death people and animals everywhere I turn. But I can finally go to the supermarket. The whole place is boarded up and has a sign that says survivors inside. I knocked on the door and yelled to see if anyone was there to no avail. I broke the boards down and got inside, but the smell of rotten flesh hits me. All the survivors are dead. I look around and find seven water bottles and some old veggies that were processed before the virus was found, so they were safe to eat. I can believe all humanity is missing. I'm getting more and more lonely, and I'm getting more and more depressed. I don't know if I find hope. There will be no hope for me. A couple, a couple of days have passed. I fear that my time has run out. It's been two years, four months, and 29 days since the virus. Today will be time. Today will be the time to finally meet up with my long lost friends. Where they are, heaven or hell, if it even exists. And then tell them and tell them about the time of all life disappeared from Earth. This goodbye. I'm sorry for whoever finds my body. I tried my best. This next story is called, Ever since I was a little girl, my dream was to be a mother. I carried around several baby dolls, fake strollers, and bottles. I was still tiny clothes and accessories for my younger siblings. I even tried stuffing my shirt with a pillow for a while in high school to stimulate pregnancy. 
I married when I was 19 to a man who I liked, probably didn't love. He had a stable career and wanted to give me as many kids as I wanted, so clearly he was an ideal option for me. A few weeks after our marriage, we started crying for a baby. Weeks became months, months became years, and years became thousands upon thousands of dollars spent on IAF, IVF's treatments. I became an angry person, constantly feeling like a failure of a woman because I couldn't produce enough eggs to make a little human. My husband and I began to drift apart, and what little connection we had began to fade. One night, after around six years of trying for a baby, I crept out of bed and went to my knees. Not completely out of option. Lord, I know I don't do this often, but I really need a freaking baby. I don't know what I'll do if I don't get one. I paused to catch my breath. Give me your worst soul. I just need something. Amen. Three days later, I was pregnant, which was a little strange. But I wasn't asking questions. I could finally do all the fun things you do during pregnancy. The cheesy gender reviews, baby clothes, shopping, decorating the nursery, and all things I had been longing for the past six years. My labor was relatively short, with few complications. The only strange thing was when my daughter was born, she did not cry or fuss. The doctors thought she was stubborn for several minutes until she cracked open her eyes slightly. We named her Esme. Esme was, to say the least, a demon in the flesh. From the moment she escaped my womb, it's like she was made out to come. She was made out to make my life a living hell. She never stopped crying. She had this cry that was so ear shattering. It sounded like when you rub a fork against a plate, it never ended. And then no one else seemed to hear it, like I did. My family and friends would say she was giggling or babbling, and she was clearly crying. I spent nights away from home like all the parenting books had said I should do. But nothing seemed to work in, every, in everyone else's eyes. I was crazy. One night, I walked into my daughter's room to feed her. Exhausted, I lowered her into my chest. She screeched and hollered and bellowed horrific streaks into my room. I wanted to cry again, but I didn't. I picked her up and looked her in her eyes. She was eye level with me. I shook her fiercely. I watched as her limbs joints and trembled with incredible force. Her neck flew in circles, completely unsupported by me. Her eyes rolled up into her skull, very, very slowly. Then I got what I was seeking for, silence. My husband divorced me after that incident, never to see each other again. As for Asmi, on the other hand, she is still alive. She is non-verbal, dumb, blind, wheelchair-bound and has the mental capacity of a three-year-old. Despite being 16, she sits on the couch, silent and confused. Her cloudy, her cloudy, wandering eyes torture me every day and anywhere I go. I would give anything to hear a mumble, a grunt, 
any sort of sign she's more than just a vessel of torture to me death would be death would be her only escape I whispered as I walked towards her motionless body with a knife finally I would be a good mother this next story is called I've got blood on my hands I can't wash this purple blood off my hands and then I become worried and my mother comes to me she looks at my hands covered in purple blood and all she says to me was to be able to wash the purple blood off your hands you have to get you have got to admit to killing your parents and siblings I had no idea what she was talking about she kept she kept on saying I have to got to admit to killing them as the reason to have purple blood on my hands or more like their blood on my hands I start to panic and start having an anxiety attack and I shout out loud I've got blood on my hands your hands everyone else's hands nobody's hands I say a couple of times until my mother slaps me and told me to admit to killing them as that was the only way I could I could wash the purple blood off my hands I murdered all of you I tell my parents and siblings and I managed to wash the purple blood off my hands then I wake up with more purple blood on my hands and my mother tells me that now I have to say why I killed them and to be able to wash the purple blood off once again start to panic and I start having an anxiety attack and I shout out loud I've got blood on my hands your hands everyone else's hands nobody's hands I say a couple of times I get slapped in the face again and I quickly tell my family that the reason I murdered them was because I failed to prepare for an exam and so I started to prepare for failure I prepared for failure by getting a gun and shot them so that they could never see me as a failure I axed, I axed off their purple blood. I woke up again and with their purple blood on my hands. And this time, my mother told me to be able to wash off the purple blood. I must tell someone on the outside world. I once again start to panic. And I started having an anxiety attack. And I shout out loud, I've got purple, I've got blood on my hands. Your hands, everyone else's hands nobody's hands I say a couple of times I get slapped and I calmly tell someone through the phone that I murdered my family and I've got their purple blood on my hands well that was pretty good um, this is the end of this story these stories or you know the episode I sincerely apologize for the background noise my freaking family's loud um I said purple blood on my hands a lot in that story. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like if you want. And if you see this video, please share it if you want. I don't know. I'm planning to get at least 50 subscribers. I don't know. Anyways, peace out. See you guys on the next video. And I will do another great story. And then before you go, don't forget to sit back.
relax and listen. <laughs>